Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is focused on educating, empowering, and investing in women to support them with harnessing an entrepreneurial mindset to create the change in the world for the greater good. Through this series, we connect with women from all across New Zealand to inspire, teach, and share their pearls of wisdom through storytelling and sharing. I'm Catherine Vandermeulen, the founder of Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. Welcome to Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. We are joined by Nikki Connors, the founder of Propeller Properties. How are you? I'm very well. Um, getting through uh, the last couple of months and um, heading into uh, quite an exciting time, actually, Catherine. So who is Nikki Connors? Uh, well, a bit of a chameleon, actually. <laughs> we like chameleons. Uh, Chameleon in that, you know, I'm married and, and divorced twice, um, had to start again a couple of times. Um, if, when I was 18, 19 and I went into advertising, I became one of the top advertising women in New Zealand. And by my mid-20s was, which was in the late 80s, isn't that terrible? That's how old I am. Uh, I was earning probably more than the, the prime minister. And had a, a child, and of course all the trappings that you um, have uh, as an Aucklander, which is uh, mortgages, foreign cars, and of course interest rates then were something like twenty one percent. So when you've got a very high mortgage, you don't have very much left in which to live. So I lived on on credit cards, and when my marriage split up. I had to start again, so I took my young son to London and literally worth $10,000, started again and built up, was at the BBC, um, then started a, a magazine myself and then started also to buy and sell uh, flats at the back of, of Acton and uh, I put 5% deposit down spend a couple of months just cleaning and dressing properties and on selling it, uh, each property. And from that, I built up uh, enough to buy my own home in, in Belsize Park to start a, a magazine over there with a, a partner. Then um, I got married again, <laughs> glutton for punishment. And between my husband and I, we came up with a, a concept in which to publish books a lot more efficiently than Amazon, for instance. Now, this was using print-on-demand and handheld devices. And, of course, this was the late 90s. And these things were just in their um, initial stages. I put everything on the line um, to get this business going. It won a lot of awards. I was in the papers over in the UK for um, this very entrepreneurial New Zealand woman that was going into an industry that was very old and there hadn't been any innovation for a long time. So we took this company to the secondary market. I leveraged my home and my investment properties. Um, we got funding... Uh, and it was in the bank over, um, I think it was over a million and a half pounds to start this. So my shareholding at that stage 
for probably about a month was worth about 15 million pounds. Unfortunately, my now ex-husband and um, some of the backers decided that I was no longer needed. And uh, I found that I was out of the business before it even started. And uh, we had to start again. I mean, the business didn't go ahead in the end. And uh, that's a, another story from my book. But I had to start again. And the thing is that it's property that has got me to where I am today. So I went from being fettered in the, in the press to be considered to be very smart, within a very short time, losing everything. My son and I lost our home. We lost an income, um, profession, my health. And it was a very, very difficult period. So coming home to New Zealand uh, to be taken care of by my family was when I started to buy and sell property again, using my parents' equity in their own home to help me get the deposits. Now, that was um, 18 years ago. And so here we are today with, Propeller Property Investments, that's been going for 11 years. Metropolis Design, which is uh, furniture packs, that made well over a million dollars last year with only one person in that company just managing it for me. Uh, two property investment companies and, of course, a home and investment properties. So, sorry, Catherine. <laughs> What a wonderful journey, Nikki. I'm so excited to hear about all of these uh, layers. And, you know, you've certainly shared in all of that, um, you know, how you really came to uh, starting that. So what a wonderful story. Well, not if you were living it. <laughs> but we all need highs and lows and everything in between for there to be a story. There is no story without you know, the trials and tribulations and the learnings and experience and all those things that go yes. with the human story. Um, I, I agree. And I think even though it sounds quite trite, um, I, I totally believe that you've got to fail to know who you are and to learn these lessons to start again. There is not one um, successful person in history or in the world, and I can say this quite confidently, that hasn't at some stage failed in what they, they've done to start with. And I think we're afraid of failure. That's the issue. Uh, particularly men with their egos, very afraid to fail. So you find that there is a failure to launch. They don't put themselves out there um, because of this. And of course, on the other hand, women are very, very risk adverse. I, I want to shake some of the women I talk to because um, they need to be looking at their future, um, you know, quite seriously. But um, yeah, so failure um, is about that learning experience. And I wrote a book about my experiences and I called it A Fabulous Failure. And so you've got to own that. And I, I tell you, through the GFC and other world situations, including uh, COVID-19, uh, 
I managed to get through those and survive and continue to run my businesses because I understood what it took and what I had to do to keep these businesses going and to go from strength to strength. And so thinking about all those things that you have learned during those experiences and, you know, through the trials and the tribulations and the highs and the lows and everything in between, how have you used your influence for the greater good of the world? Well, I was homeless with a young son and I know what that's like. And I've now become incredibly passionate about showing people how they can make a difference in their lives. Um, There are 50% of New Zealanders who will retire with a mortgage. I find that offensive. You know, you work your whole life and then you've still got to work in your 70s and you've still got a mortgage. Most people will not be able to live on the, the government pension. Great to have Kiwi saver, but that's not also going to give you the sort of lifestyle um, or maintain what you've got today. It doesn't matter how um, grand it is or how modest it is, most people will need a lot more. And so, my passion now is to show New Zealanders how they can have their mortgages paid off um, before they retire within the next 10 years, to have a passive income and to do it in a way where they will not lose their home or go through what I go through or have gone through. So that's the first thing, understanding exactly from my point of view what it's like to be homeless. And so not only with my clients, but also with Habitat for Humanity. And I'm doing a lot more with them as well, especially in New Zealand now. Um, I took my team and... and, um, overseas to build in the past in Nepal, in um, Vietnam, in India. But of course, we can't travel now. Um, But there is still a need, a great need in New Zealand to help um, the homeless and to find a roof over um, the heads of, of many New Zealanders. And unfortunately, because the government can't take care of those people there's just no way even over the next three four five years it is these charities that are going to have to do that so my aim is to help uh, bring more properties into um, into that arena and to do that alongside habitat for instance so it's all about new zealanders having a warm safe roof over their head where they can feel Um, confident that it's not going to be taken away from them. And something I'm sure we all often take for granted and something that I uh, am encouraging my children to think more about and being grateful for those things of being able to have a roof and have a home and have the warmth that we uh, often do take for granted. No, I I agree. And and I think my son is um, in his 30s now, but... Uh, he knows what it's like to have everything and, and to have nothing. And uh, he was uh, brilliant when we were in Nepal, brilliant in helping to build um, homes, brilliant in talking to and mixing with uh, the, the locals. I mean, they loved him. 
And that for me has given me a great deal of joy as well, because as you said, it is important that our children, it doesn't matter what they have, that they, they have empathy to, um, to the needs and, um, of other people, uh, to look outside their own lives and, and their own small community. And I think that's one of the things as well as New Zealanders, that we, we have a responsibility to not only take care of our own, but also to play our part um, in taking uh, care of people in other parts of the world. I love your word use around empathy and being able to, you know, for enabling our children to be uh, empathetic because I think it's something, you know, I said to someone earlier this year, how do you teach boys how to show empathy? I was really struggling <laughs> uh, with my six-year-old. And he said, you know, they've just got to see it and they've got to learn it through your own leadership you know and I think that I'm a pretty empathetic person but I was really I you know I had to exaggerate my empathy for him to really see it and I've seen it so many times this year uh, come through finally uh, that he's starting to you know recognize these um, these traits and recognize those things to be able to show that empathy and I really think that we need to encourage that and support that. Uh, No I agree and of course the other part of that is that uh, so many more boys are being brought up by uh, by women, whether it's at home or at school. And so w- we really have to take on the role of a, of a man and, uh, you know, a father and a mother. I mean, it's amazing. Um, at my son's school, I think all of her, all but one of his friends, there was like 12 or something, um, were... Uh, from a solo home with a mother so uh, in a way that's an advantage I think because we are a bit softer and um, there is that nurturing and that that mothering um, that's that's there as well and I think that boys are particularly sensitive to that sort of um, support I mean look at New Zealand we've got one of the the biggest uh, rates of suicide for young men. And I think part of that is that nurturing that's not been shown. And as you said, it is the word of the moment. It is that empathy um, and support. So, yeah, it's wonderful. It is wonderful that um, whether it was your son or my son, that we, uh, we have a generation that are coming up that should be thinking outside their own bubble. And I think, you know, our role needs to be that enabler um, and being able to hold our hands out to show them that um, path, as you said, and, and you, you know, creating that feminine uh, and instilling that feminine energy in them and, you know, enabling them to be able to use that energy how they wish. Yes, totally. So thinking about another word that we are forever talking about, obviously, as entrepreneur women with purpose, what does the word purpose mean to you? Uh, what does the word purpose mean to me? I started this not to make money. Obviously, if you're passionate about something, money does come. But I don't think if you go out thinking about money that it's going to give you the sort of result that you require. For me, my purpose after losing everything was um, 
to maintain the respect of, of my family, to take care of my son, to be able to put something back into the community. I, I don't want to leave this world without, in one small way, um, having not making a, a, a difference. So understanding that and how I've set up my businesses, that has been, first of all, it was the family. Always I say to, um, to people, You've got to take care of the family first because once you've got yourself sorted, once you've got the stability there, then you can look outside to be able to see what you can do for your greater community. So my purpose was always, first of all, to achieve that security for my son so that we would never be in that situation again to help my mother, to help my brother in, in the UK. And now I'm at a stage because I have someone looking after um, all my businesses. I can now look at the next stage of what I wanted to achieve. And I believe my purpose is to now pass on my knowledge. And also my purpose is to have more people with a roof over their heads. So uh, it's it really is not just about uh, making money or what other people think of you. It's 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 about having a plan in place where you can see the milestones and you can go right. I've achieved that. That's wonderful. It, it, the small things as well as the big things, and that keeps the motivation and that keeps that that drive. Uh, going so that you always have a purpose <laughs> that's how I see it and knowing that the money component or the profit component is really just a byproduct of that that really isn't you know a, a, a purpose and a reason for being it's just one of the outcomes that will happen for, for doing wonderful work that you Absolutely. love uh, and you know yeah building that um, building that vision so a bit more on the personal level, what are the, some of the things that you need to do every day for you to be the best version of yourself? It's difficult. Uh, when, I, when my second marriage um, ended and uh, I'd lost everything for the second time, it was you know, very tiring then in your late 40s to start again. So um, I did have a breakdown at that time. Because I felt, and I'd been told um, that I was stupid, that um, I was of no value. And I, and I honestly believed that at the time. And I felt that my family and my son would have been far better off without me. And that was a very dark time. Today, um, what, what I like to do is start every day like it's the beginning. Uh, it's easy to hold. It's easy to hold in in hatred. It's easy to, um, to hold in resentment and keep that going. I've gone through so much that you can't hold on to that. You've got to say, okay, here's a new day, new ideas, and get up and 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 do it. I suppose and. I think when I get asked 
um, about my business and how, you know, what is the secret to, to it? And, and it, there is no secret. It's about getting up every single day, getting your, your family off to school or, or, or whatever, and just starting again. And that was very difficult to, um, to get to that stage. But when you've got children, you've got no choice. And so for me, uh, I'm doing now um, a, a bit more exercise because I didn't have the time. And of course, part of my joy in life is traveling. And I, I can't do that at the moment, but um, going overseas. And um, I'm not one to hoard money or to keep it in the bank. I'm going to be one of these people that um, when I die, my, everyone's set up. But I, I'm going to say I had a life less ordinary. What a, what a wonderful way to, to think about it. And, you know, I'm very similar. You know, if I've had um, a day that hasn't been so wonderful uh, and it could be filled with emotion or different elements of different things that we're all going through, but what I do know is that when I wake up and I've had my eight or nine hours sleep that I can start all over again and it's just a wonderful feeling. I wake up and I feel like I'm smiling when I wake up, when I hit that snooze button again and I get that extra <laughs> nine minutes uh, and then I wake up and I'm like, it's a new day. How should we, how should we start the day? And how should we, what's our intention for today? Uh, and it's just so wonderful that we get to start again because with two small children uh, on my own, I often feel like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Do. Yeah. Uh, but sleep, sleep is a wonderful way to realign our minds and our bodies and no, our spirits. It's, 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 uh, it's so simple, but, yes, the right amount of, amount of sleep exercise and um but also i think um having someone that you trust to be able to talk to as well there is no weakness in sharing um your fears uh with someone there is no weakness to being able to get out some of the things that that are festering inside you because that's that's the best place for them you know out there and when they are out there, it's it's easier to to solve those issues, I suppose, rather than keeping them inside. And as we know, uh, that festering of those emotions actually cre creates disease and yes. dis-ease. Um, so, you know, if we continue to push those emotions down and we don't share them, when we don't unblock them, um, they definitely tend to manifest into other things that take a lot longer um, to yes, make exactly. a turnaround. So thinking about your next 12 months, where will your focus and impact be? The next 12 months, well, I've started that, I suppose, through COVID, we couldn't um, advertise. It wasn't the best thing to do. And I felt that we had a community responsibility and we had people um, that weren't our clients calling us and asking for advice on their mortgages or um, for both their home and their rental properties and, and from tenants. So we, I got the team together and we put out, um, we started this helpline and we put out literature that answered um, a lot of the questions that we were getting. And it was interesting that... It was people who even just wanted 
to talk through their situation, um, even though we weren't in the position or it wasn't appropriate for us to, to comment. It was interesting that there needed to be um, someone around to be able to bounce off. And that got me um, thinking also then about other areas in which I wanted to make a difference. And part of that is giving back to, um, to women, for instance, that are thinking starting a business themselves. And as I said previously, I've now got the time to be able to be looking at something in which I can be more of a mentor uh, and put something together in a more structured way in which to help um, women entrepreneurs who are just starting out. I say young women entrepreneurs. It's it's actually women who um, are, have business ideas and don't know where to start. So as of next year, there will be um, a, a program that I'm starting and it will be, it's free and there'll be no more than 10 in this first uh, program, but it will be helping uh, young women entrepreneurs to get their business plans together, to understand um, what their unique selling point is in their business, how they can approach funding, how they can put together cash flow projections, how they can handle, for instance, um, conflict in their personal life I know it sounds crazy but that's a big thing if you don't have the support at home and you're working long hours it is very very difficult and very lonely because no one understands what you're going through and the other part of it as we spoke is this this um, feeling of uh, tenseness and stress and which is internalized and so I, I've also got some brilliant women who are uh, excellent um, and very highly experienced in um, helping uh, people to, to come and to be calm and to relax and to show techniques as well. And I mean, that's not a big part of that course, but what a nice way to end every session that we have with some sort of breathing or calming technique as well. So that's just one of the things that um, I've been working on. But uh, hopefully I'll also get to spend some time back in France. <laughs> what are they saying now? Maybe 2023, the way the world is well, going. So um, uh, enjoy your New Zealand oh, travel no, while you can, I Nikki. I'm, I'm too old. I can't afford to wait another couple of years before I can travel. So um, I'm thinking uh, maybe if I get my shot and, and I tell them that I'm um, in that vulnerable age group, that, that maybe I'll be one of the first to, to, um, to get some sort of vaccine <laughs> so I can go off and do something. <laughs> Well, Nikki, thank you so much for sharing your um, world with entrepreneurial women with purpose. We look forward to following your journey, uh, particularly over the next 12 months as you invest your time into all these thank wonderful you, projects. It's been a real pleasure. 
Delmar was a founding sponsor of Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. As a family-owned business, picked and freshly packed in Sri Lanka, Dilma considers New Zealand a second home since they began here in the 1980s. They have become a well-loved household name, not only for the quality of their tea, but their ethical business philosophy. Dilma's MJF Charitable Foundation is at the heart of the business with projects benefiting thousands of lives. From childhood education to women's empowerment, they have been recognized as a leading example of how business can make positive change through dignified empowerment something that is close to the heart of entrepreneurial women with purpose.